Welcome to Sandwiched. I'm Jennifer. I'm a retired teacher taking care of my 95-year-old father. And I'm Sue, and I'm just tired taking care of my 91-year-old mother with Alzheimer's. We're just two of the over 53 million Americans caring for their elderly parents. And if you're one of them, too, tune in to laugh and cry and everything in between. Each week, we'll have special guests and professionals who give their advice about geriatric care, as well as their own stories about their elderly loved ones. How are you today, Sue? I'm fine. How are you, Jennifer? I'm fine. I actually have an appointment to get my hair done in a couple hours. It's very long and fluffy and middle-aged frizz mm-hmm. and some gray. And I am I feel like going in and getting a brand new look. Mm-hmm. A brand new you do. Yes. Uh-huh. We take care of our elderly parents and we love them. But sometimes they make us want to tear out our hair. Yes. Which is the segue into our very special guest for today, Trish Shack, who is an amazing cosmetologist. And we're going to be talking about care for elderly hair. So welcome, Trish. Thank you. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been doing hair? And, and let's have a plug for the shop. Okay. I have been a licensed cosmetologist since 1988, working full-time in the industry, renting space at the salon that I now own in Santa Ana, more than hair, since 1990. So being the longevity of being in the same place has afforded me the opportunity to watch my clients, you know, see them grow old, take Mm -hmm. them through, Mm -hmm. you know, various stages in life to where like at this point now, I myself am getting so old that I have been doing this, that I have three generations of some families. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mom and then baby, baby's first haircut, baby grows up, gets married, and now their baby's first haircut. That's pretty special. It is pretty cool. It is pretty nice. I was telling Sue, we do weddings and funerals. I'm there for all of that. You go to pay your respects and you also get invited to go have fun for the joyful things, you know, with the connection that you have with clients. So Mm -hmm. that's my favorite part probably of doing what I do. (laughs) Well, I just think about my mom and, uh, you know, she has Alzheimer's. As time has gone on, she used to be such a clothes horse. But now she'll put her clothes on backwards and different shoes, and she doesn't even care if she wears her glasses anymore. But the one thing that is still so important to her is getting her hair done every week. And she has trouble communicating, but she'll pat her head and say, when? Oh. So her caretaker takes her every week to get her hair done. So is it just like a a shampoo and a set? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, it is the one thing that means a lot to her. Even in the throes of Alzheimer's. Even in the throes of Alzheimer's, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's that important to us. It really, really is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many, like the history of barbering and cosmetology goes so back, so far back. And the people that did the hair were right up there with the nobility in a community and the clergy or the shaman medicine people Mm -hmm. and the barber. 
Wow. Those, you know, sort of tonsoral specialists, you know, but in the early days of barbering and stuff. In the early days of barbering, too, they they did that. That's the blood, the red and white barber pole comes from the blood-stained towel because they did the bloodletting and they were the ones with the sharp tools. You need a tooth pulled, you need a bone set, you need that musket shell dug out of the bullet hole, you would go to the barber. So when they would roll into a town, they would hang that that red, the blood-stained towel out on their eaves and that's where the red and white barber pole comes from. As people made their way out west, the barber held that role until like well, well, well into the mid to late 1800s. You would still find... If you were shot, you'd drag yourself exactly, into the... Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so really the the barber did every, you know, it was everything. You'd pull into a town and there's the whatever, the bar, you know, the saloon and the barber. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and two necessities. Exactly. Whiskey and whiskers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so when when you say you've had generational clients what have you noticed uh, when you've had the same client over the years and you watch them age how have they changed based on their vanity as they get older um it doesn't change mm-hmm. that part doesn't really change yeah. as as sue mentioned right you know mom's patting her head and saying when if that's all she can get out you know um and coming to the salon to have her hair shampooed and you know blown dry and curling iron set for the week you know kind of thing is is a really big deal and so yeah it's definitely you know i've actually done um hair for clients um longtime clients like for the open casket funeral, you know, where like, it's like, you know, there's a specific look that they might have, you know, and, you know, somebody in the family will be like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm like so afraid that she'll look not like herself. Okay. Well then give, where, where, where's the funeral home? I'll call them and they'll let me go in. I did it for my granny and my mom and my aunt and, Aww. you know, stuff too, because you really do like, we have, we have our look, our look might change, but we really have like variations of whatever our look is over the years that still kind of stay within whatever the trends are, but are still taking into account our, you know, size and shape and hair type and face shape and all of those things, right? So you might go a little darker, you might go a little lighter, you would go between two or three different colors, two or three different lengths, You know, but really most people kind of maintain the same sort of look throughout. Mm -hmm. You're right. You know, throughout adulthood. And your, you know, garden variety undertaker isn't going to know, right? I mean, when my mom passed, my sister and I were so fixated on the shade of lipstick we brought, you know, Mm. we didn't even think of her hair. And then when, when we went to the rosary the night before and she was in the open casket and we're like oh my gosh this is not our mom it was, it was yeah heartbreaking yeah but the yeah. lipstick looked good good it was, good yeah yes. yeah if, unless you give them like a picture like a photograph yeah. of like okay this is how her hair usually was um but that's but pretty that's pretty special that when people have someone like you my, my granny actually was the first one that i ever did and of course my siblings and family were like what you know and i was like i want to do this because she wore her hair a certain way with like the little set in the front Aww. that, you know, I, I like, I would be devastated if it didn't look like her with the hair part. So the funeral home was like, sure, you know, well, I mean, I'm used to, I'd never done that before. I'd never been in the presence of, you know, 
a deceased body and it's yeah, my but, granny, yeah. which actually was lovely having a few minutes alone with her like that before. Um, but, um, I was trying to figure out how I was going to style the back of her head for the back of the hair for a few minutes. And then I went, Oh, okay. Hold on. Doesn't matter. You know, I'm trying to sort of lift her head a little and get a comb back there. And then it was like, this is silly. Uh, <laughs> so a little bit, you know, <laughs> A little dark. Well, sorry there. Humor. Dark humor, but that's what I'm all about. Right. I mean, um, that's your knee jerk reaction. Exactly. I was like, oh, to. I can't get to the back of it. Oh, wait, I don't need to get to the back of it. How silly. And then I kind of laughed through tears and, you know, yeah. and finished and she looked like herself and it was great. And then, so after that, it was much more comfortable. And I've done it quite a few times now over the years. Yeah. So, yeah. anywho. <laughs> Well, during COVID, my mom, you know, we just stopped going anywhere much to the chagrin of cosmetologists. Us, everyone. And my mom's hair turned white. She had three sisters. And as they aged, all of them, their hair turned white. And I, remembering this, my grandmother who died, she was almost 100. She still had a lot of brown in her hair. What is that all about? It's just all genetics. It's those little DNA strands that have all that information about us from, you know, from the get-go. And so there's not a whole lot you can do about it. You know, if you get, some people get lucky and get that beautiful white hair and some people get kind of mousy, dingy, gray, meh, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> those are the ones that we do the highlighting on mm -hmm. and other things to kind of bring it back to some sort of like luster mm -hmm. a little bit. But yeah, the white hair is, is lucky. And also, but actually having a lot of dark hair, you know, I think people find that, with, feel fortunate with that too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny, the, the ideas and notions that we have, right, of beauty and the beauty standards and the, the ages of the, you know, my industry really promotes, which is kind of BS. Really, I, I like that women are growing out the gray and getting back to more natural stuff. You look at other populations around the world and they're just, you know, you like long gray silver hair and a big old braid and twist it up and stuff. It's beautiful, you know. Yeah. But sometimes like not. I've seen people that have grown their hair out as they got older. Uh -huh. And I just thought, oh boy, maybe this was not, not ready not for a it. Good or not choice a good look for you. For them. It's not a good look for them. Yeah. Yeah, I think it depends. I think it's like everything. Some people can pull it off and some people can't. Mm -hmm. There's a certain sort of matronly look that I try to steer clients away from. If you're going to grow your hair out and you're going to have some gray, I think some length is nice because it's still, there's a youthfulness and a sexiness about some length to the hair. Um, and, and if it's the right individual and, and the way that they dress, you can do, you know, like short gray hair is going to just say something to people when they see you, right? So unless you're 20-something with a little pixie and you've bleached it out white and put silver toner on it, okay, that's going to be really cute. But me at 52 and on the chubby side, short and gray is going to make me look like my mom mm -hmm. when she was 62. Mm -hmm. Not going to happen. I'm not going to do that. If I'm going to do the gray thing, I'm going to leave it on the long side, you know, have maybe like some curls, some softness some movement to the hair, which kind of speaks youth, even though the color is there. And, and it's a lot has to do with the way you dress 
and the way you carry yourself. Mm-hmm. I have a client that has almost waist length gray hair with big white streaks in it. And she's a hippie and she has been her whole life and she's in that age group and she wears it well with her long her Birkenstocks and her long flowy skirts and then the long beautiful curly gray and white hair. I couldn't actually picture her any other way because of the way that she dresses and the way that she carries herself. Her hair just goes with it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's like this sort of packaged thing that has to kind of work. Have you, you ever know? had a client, an older client, that has come in wanting the same hairdo from like yes. 1965? Yep. 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 We get comfortable with a look. You know, maybe it reminds us of the best days of our lives, the the best times, the most fun we've had. And, you know, you might cycle through some other different looks. And again, when, when trends come and trends go, it's not necessarily that specific hairstyle or haircut that clients are coming to us for that I'm trying to sell them on. It's more the feel of it. I... I think of this couple that would go to my grocery store up in L.A., and it's like they were frozen in time. They were senior citizens Uh in a retro car. She had black dyed hair bouffant like the Ronettes. She wore a backless cutout dress. I just have to interrupt and say I love them. Whoever they are, I love them already. Like, I love that it's kind of quirky. You know what? You just rock that. You've been doing that well, for so long. Absolutely. But, but you did know, they? I know. It and is then really on funny. top of that, if it wasn't enough, she put a plastic hibiscus <laughs> in her bun. That's hilarious. And they'd be walking through with their cart. And there'd be the people looking at him like you, and then there'd be people like me going, who, oh, shame on it. I'm so goodness. judgmental. I just think, oh, get out of the twilight zone. <laughs> I kind of do that myself. I have to say, like, that's why I'm laughing so hard, because I have, like, the little... Betty Page bangs and the black hair and it's I'll flat iron it and poof my crown or I'll do two ponytails with a poofy crown, a little Amy Winehouse looking thing. Like I cannot get myself out of the nineties with hair stuff. But so you're not 80 thing, years old. No, but I'm going to be, and I bet you I'll have those freaking <laughs> ponytails and that poofy crown because I like the heights, you know, the higher the hair, the closer to God is how it works. What is it about the blue hairs? You know, do do little old ladies come in and they pick pink or blue? Is it something that, that just turns that shade? Because yes. So the are blue, they putting a rinse? Yes. The bluing agent is to like neutralize yellow tones or warm tones in the hair. So if you have white hair, even something like copper plumbing, because there's the water is picking up minerals and things like that, like hard water, sulfates in the water can can create like a yellowy buildup or it appears yellow on the white hair. It's on everybody's hair, but you can't see it on mine and yours and yours, but that pure white or hair that's heavily highlighted, like mm-hmm. really, really bleached can show it as well. So the purple or the bluing agent 
um, neutralizes that. It's just the opposite color on the color wheel, you know, yellow, orange, and then you have the blue and the green. And the pink, there was just that period of time, I guess it was kind of in the 60s, where you're trying to actually put color on the hair like a... A, like a red rinse mm-hmm. or a like a plummy brown but because the hair's so white and it's only temporary color it's just going to take that little base mm-hmm. so you get like a little tinge of violet or a little tinge of pink or mm-hmm. whatever but i don't know i'm kind of a big fan of that i i have my eyes my goals now my aging goals is going to be like that couple in the, <laughs> in the grocery store in la with my big flower in my hair and it'll be like pink or blue i think okay um, well now now I feel badly. No, no. <laughs> I'm just, just teasing. I'm it, was, it was, no, it, because it, it is, but it, but it was such a good point that you brought up that we really do all kind of do that. We have like our look, our era. Well, I, I cut my dad's hair a couple times a year. We always joke. I'll cut it in June. He'll say, okay, oh, next one's on Christmas Eve. But he went, he went bald in his thirties. Just on top, you know, he has a little bit of round the back kind of thing. And he wore a toupee and he never went anywhere without it. Absolutely did not embrace his baldness. But again, this was in the 60s, 70s. Right. It was big in. hair. And everybody yes. had like this sort of long, flowy, yeah. you know, or feathery kind of full yeah. heads of hair. Yeah. It was not so a he done carpeted thing. himself. But then when he moved in with me, I said, you know what, Dad? It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new bald head. Let's lose the toupee when you move in. You're going to be with new people. No one knows you from before. And he did. And he was 88 when he lot, when he mm-hmm. got rid of the toupee. And then I just Good keep friend. him shaved, you know, keep yeah. him. Mm-hmm. It's very liberating. Yeah. Is it true that if you wear a wig or a toupee that it stunts the hair follicles? Or is that a... If you never took it off, you do, what, you know, what will um, stunt the hair? I mean, you need to have like some circulation. Mm-hmm. So if you're brushing your head, massaging your head, brushing mm-hmm. your hair, the follicle shape can be altered and made smaller by inflammation and pulling people that wear real tight ponytails. Mm-hmm. They get a little bit thinning around the front hairline because that mm-hmm. hair is constantly stretched the same direction. So the the hair follicle shape will change and the direction of the hair growth can then be altered, but not really. I mean, unless you didn't take it off, you know, if you had on like a, you know, like some of them have like an adhesive, like the toupees, you can swim in them, you could sleep in them. So, I mean, if you wore it for maybe a couple of days, 48 hours, and then take it off, clean your scalp, stimulate your scalp. Give it some air. Dad took it off every night. Double stick, yeah. double stick tape was yeah. a very common uh-huh. um, item in our house. Yeah. And he would come in and wake me up every morning singing show tunes, and he didn't have his toupee on. So I would wake up as a little girl, and he'd be singing something from South Pacific Great. or Oklahoma, Story. and he'd be bald with his uh, shaving cream on his face and a towel around his neck, and he'd be singing Surrey with the fringe on top, or, you know, Ooh, oh, what a beautiful cute. morning. Great. And that's how I remember him in the morning. But then he would go in and put his toupee on and get to work. <laughs> and like your mom that comes still every week, you know, I mean, even in the throes of the Alzheimer's, it still makes her feel good. It's just, it's such a big part of who we are and how we express yeah. ourselves. And I think that's probably why we don't change our look so, so much. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of make some changes within mm-hmm. certain parameters, but. Well, and it. It's nice now that she just goes in, 
and the hair looks great most of the week because for a couple of years, she would put curlers in her hair and they would stay in all day until she went to bed and she'd do her hair and then she'd go to bed. So now we are past that point and uh, she just gets it done and then it's no fuss, no muss. And she's set for the week. And she's set for the week. She does. She looks as cute as a button. So, so uh, it is sweet. Uh, Before we close, I would love to hear the story about going to (laughs) a wedding wedding. with your father-in-law. Yes. So my husband, my mother-in-law, and so my husband's mom and stepfather, and we were in charge of getting the grandparents to the wedding. It was on a Friday at five o'clock on a three-day weekend in San Diego. And it was just this past February. Well, I haven't been to San Diego myself personally in years. It did not occur to me that there would be such bad traffic. And I was not taking into account the holiday weekend. So we spent about six hours getting from Huntington Beach to San Diego for the wedding. Of course, they're not going to stay the night in the hotel the night before like everybody wanted them to because it's just disruptive to the routine and don't want to spend the money on it and all of those things. And so we left at a reasonable time, I thought, uh, to arrive at the wedding with plenty of time to freshen up and catch our breaths. And we were 25 minutes late for the 15-minute ceremony. You know, it was a quick little short ceremony. But on the way down there, we had my mother-in-law... I don't know, every 30 minutes. Why didn't they get married in Irvine at their church? Why did they get married in San Diego? I don't know. It would have been really nice. Yes, I agree. That would have been great. (laughs) Answering that same question. And then um, my um, father-in-law in the back seat, who just passed away last month, um, God rest his soul, sweet, sweet, cute man, um, uh, kept taking the seatbelt off because the traffic was moving and he was having some issues with dementia. And so we would come to a dead stop and he would unclean the seatbelt and take it off. And it's, no, we're just in the traffic. And mother-in-law can't get it buckled back in because of fragile little hands that aren't as strong as they used to be. So I'm on my knees in the front seat with my ass in the windshield you know, reaching into the back seat, trying to buckle them. And then we lost glasses and we had some potty issues. And, um, but I think it was, yeah, probably about every 20 minutes when the traffic would stop, the seatbelt would come undone. <laughs> and he didn't open the door and get he out. He didn't get, he didn't open the door and get out, but the seatbelt would come undone. And she would say, no, Tim, we're not here yet. It's just that the traffic has stopped. Why didn't they get married at Irvine at their church? <laughs> the seatbelt was sort of the precursor to the, why didn't they get married at their church at Irvine? It would have been so much easier and nicer. Well, I bet you were probably wondering the same darn thing. I, I sure was. I really was. Well, and then, and so, well, you then just... we, we arrived at the wedding and they took some pictures with the grandparents and the food was getting kind of ready to be served and neither of them I think well um he had a glass of wine 
My mother-in-law does not drink. She brought a banana because she doesn't want to eat um, without her mask in front of, you know, with the COVID thing. So she went out on the balcony. The wedding is overlooking the ocean and it's like a wall of glass and everybody's sitting and you have the whole skylights of San Diego. And here's my mother-in-law <laughs> in the middle of the balcony at one of the little stand park tables eating her banana and shivering because it's freaking cold out there because it was, you know, February on the ocean. And so she had her banana and we had some really delicious food and the music started and um, the cake had not even been cut and served, but the music was so loud um, that, you know, mother-in-law was again out on the balcony with fingers in her ears and her back to the whole wedding, you know, and, and everyone could see her. If they looked oh, yes, <laughs> they could. <laughs> <laughs> did they did they hold the ceremony until you guys got no, there? No, they couldn't. They couldn't. They yeah. couldn't. And so we we missed this. We missed the part that they would have been delighted to see. Sadly, oh. and uh, you know, basically, well, my and fault then, not not judging the the timing right. Didn't soon after you had to get back forty five minutes, six hours, so that we could eat a taco and a banana. And, um, you know, I think we were there for about 45 minutes and then it was another like four and some hours, Uh you know, to get back to their house and see them safely inside. And, um, but you know what? I mean, those are the, the memories, right? We'll never forget that. We will never forget that. And we did have such a fun time, like just the, the conversation in between the seatbelt and the why didn't they get married in Irvine was really delightful at times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that's what you hold on to. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, Trish, it was so delightful meeting you. Thank you. And it has been a pleasure meeting you. You and a pleasure being here. Yes, you come with a wealth of knowledge and you know, just kind of makes us feel good about our aging parents and their hair and yeah, and our own selves when we get, you know, we're all we're all on that same journey and you know different stages of it. So mm-hmm. go see your hairdresser, get color. Mm-hmm. There's things we can do for thinning. There's things we can do for graying. There's things we can do even if both of those things happen that can still make us feel like ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. make us feel good. Mm-hmm. And if all else fails, put a plastic hibiscus over your ear and just go with it. Mm-hmm.